I'm, I'm always astonished by the uh, creativity in this church and how our announcements have slowly just become like an ongoing story. And I'm like, what's going to happen next week? I don't know. Um, and then, like, Isaac didn't even give him five seconds. It's like, this phone exploded. That's cold, man. That's cold. All right, so uh, my name is Pastor Michael, and uh, our, our, our lead pastor is still somewhere in the Pacific. Uh, again, the exact location, we do not know uh, where he is at right now, but he is having fun, he is having a good time, and he will be back next week, so um, that would be amazing, that would be great. Um, so back when I was a kid, I didn't go to Sunday school. Matter of fact, raise your hand if you were a product of Sunday school. Okay, so raise your hand if you're a product of not Sunday school. Me too. All right. I did, however, I, I grew up Catholic and I went to catechism. And when I was, I don't know, like a small one, uh, I, there was a moment in church. Am I standing in the right spot? I'm getting feedback. Maybe I'll stand over here. All right. There was a moment in church where you sit there and you learn and you, you, you get all this knowledge, but as soon as it's over, you want to just play with your friends. And I remember there was one day where I was just so anxious that I, I needed to get out, and so did the rest of my friends. So we went outside, and they were doing some remodeling, and I can remember there was like a pile of, um, I don't know, what's the crafty term for stick? I know someone knows. It starts with like a dowel, 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 dowel. That's, am I saying it right? There was a bunch of dowels. Okay, there was a pile. And me and my friend, we picked up that dowel. And the, the minute we pick it up, it ceases to become a dowel. And it becomes a sword. Yes, it does. Or lightsaber or whatever. We start having this epic fight. We're chasing each other around church. We're going around. We eventually end up in the sanctuary. We're running around the pews. And it was just the greatest, most epic thing I've ever done in my life because it was silent. There was echoing going on. And every like, ch 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 was amazing. I'm like, life can't get much better than this until we heard the voice. What are you doing? Don't you know that God is watching you? Stop messing around. Drop the sticks. We're like, run. <laughs> we take off. But I remember that moment because, it, it, I mean, not only did it scare me, but it taught me at that moment kind of what church was about. That it was about seriousness. That I shouldn't be having sword fights in sanctuary. Um, and that God is watching me and wants me to be serious. That was then. This is now. Let's fast forward to today. <laughs> Let's fast forward to what happened here this week, okay? So this week, we had VBS. It was a long, tiring week. However, it was filled. Man, alive. Am I good? It's going to bother me. Okay. It was filled with fun, excitement. The kids had this 
have these lessons where they're learning that not only are they in relationship with God, but they can access God at any moment, that they don't have to come to church, they don't have to have the right posture or anything, but they have access to the Father at their age. They don't have to wait till they get older. They have that now. They're learning these things. Up there, they're learning from a tiki and a robot, learning weird stuff. Some of the kids are getting freaked out because of the gorilla, but whatever. Bad idea. We learned that. We know that now. And, we, and then it, it all ends on the day on Friday where there's this, like, this massive water slide. And the kids are out there just having a blast. And then there's this, always this magical time when it's like five minutes, ten minutes left here in the sanctuary where all of a sudden the parents are coming to pick up and like just poof, kids are like, let's play tag, let's play duck, duck, goose. And they're just running around here and having a good time. And I am so thrilled that we belong to a church that allows that, that allows that joy to run around amongst these seats that not just not just VBS, because VBS is it's pretty much Sunday school on sugar, on like Mountain Dew, right? <laughs> That's what happens upstairs. And yes, we hear them from time to time. We hear the, but we're okay with that, right? Because they're having fun. And, you know, for me, I didn't have the Sunday school experience, and it wasn't the greatest. And there's a lot that I loved about catechism. There's a lot I, lo- I loved about that. But there's just something about Sunday school. And so for the next 12 weeks, that's what we want to go over. It's everything I need to know I learned in Sunday school. We want to take those Bible stories that we've grown up on, that we had practical application as kids, and we learned something to where now, what are we going to learn as adults? Because now we kind of see life through a different lens be it a good lens or a bad lens, but we we see life differently now, right? So the Bible is still the same. God still does, deals with people back then the same way he deals with people today. And so that's what we want to learn. We want to look at these stories and just see what's different. What can we learn now? And so to kick it off, I get creation. It's like the one thing everybody knows, right? It's like, all right, we know that, yeah, seven days and whatnot. But uh, I was to ask you, does anyone know the correct creative order? Would you be able to tell me? Or you'd be like, oh, yeah, at some point there was birds and whatnot and all that kind of stuff. It happened in seven days. You just know that, right? It's funny, you know, so Pastor Mandy Every once in a while, I will quiz her on her Bible knowledge. And she knows I'm about to do it every time I say, hey, Pastor Mandy, I have a question for you. When I address her as Pastor Mandy, she knows, like, oh, crap. No, not right now. Not today. And so I asked her. See, she's not in the service. She's upstairs. I'll tell you, like, 90% of the time when I quiz her on these things, it's like I just read it or I just learned it myself. She doesn't know that. Anyways, but like, so I asked her, I said, could you tell me the correct, you know, redemptive order or creative order? And she said, yeah, actually, I do know that because I learned in Sunday school a simple trick to memorize it. I'm like, well, what is it? 
She said, for the first three days, it's all about God making something. And then for the next three days, it's all about God filling something. And then there's rest. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. You should teach this. <laughs> She's going to be teaching one of these lessons, so we're excited for that. But um, she, uh, so, yeah, so I was like, well, that's a really good way of memorizing it. And that's something she remembers from Sunday school. That's something she remembers. And I don't know, probably some of you guys remember that too. But so we're going to go over that. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to see if I can remember. <laughs> the truth is I didn't know. I didn't remember remember. But if you have your Bibles, open up to the first page. No, not literally, but the first page in Genesis. And as the weeks go on, it's not going to get easier than this to find where we're going to be. Um, So Genesis 1 starts with this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, this isn't the first day. This is just the statement. This is just what it is, that God created the heavens and the earth. And then we get into the created order. Let's see if I can do this. So, day one, God's making something. What does he make? He makes light. He speaks light into existence and divides light and dark. And then there was morning and then there was evening, and that is the first day. Second day, God creates the atmosphere. He separates the, the water from the sky. Then there was morning and there was evening, and that was the first day. Then God makes the land and vegetation, and he separates the water from the land, and that was the third day. There's morning and evening, that was the third day. Then God fills the sky with the moon, the sun, and the stars, and that was the fourth day, which is interesting that there's been morning and evening and days before the sun and the moon and the stars were even existed. It's crazy. Uh, That blew my mind. I don't know. You guys, I guess, got that better. Anyways, but um, then he filled the, the sky and the seas with birds and fish, and that was the fifth day, morning and evening, and that was the fifth day. And then on the sixth day, he fills the land with animals and humans, and that is the sixth day. And then on the seventh, he rests. That's the creative order. That's how it all starts. But as we've gotten older, now see, that's the story we hear in Sunday school, and we're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That's great. But as we get older, we start learning things like science and carbon dating, and was this really how it went down? And there are some people that will say, maybe some of you here, half of us will say, I think that God literally created the earth in six days, that he spoke, and in 24-hour time, there was the world and creation, and he spent a week doing it. That's great. The Bible lends us to believe that. And if that's that's what you think, then that's great. Then there are others that will think, well, no, I think God took millions of years to create the earth. And, and, and took his time, and, and, and for God, who is outside of time, it just looks different. It's like, okay, well, good. The Bible lends us to believe that as well. Like, that is possible. So whatever it is, it is. Because the important thing is what happens in verse 1, the very first words in the Bible, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. 
That's, Moses wrote Genesis. That's what Moses wants you to know. That's what Moses wants you to get. It's that, that there is a God and that he created all this. Whether it was six days, millions, doesn't matter. What you need to know is that God created this. And he's also really clear, don't treat this as a science book. Don't treat this as a history book because it's not going to make sense. And as a kid, I can remember thinking, well, I need to understand. I need the answers. I need to know what it is. As I've gotten older, I've just kind of realized there really is no answer. And I know that's a cop-out answer because I don't know. I don't know which one it was. I get it. It might frustrate some people. But for me, I've come to the realization that just there are things about God that I will never understand, and I will never be able to explain this side of heaven. And I'm okay with that. Because the truth is, if, if, if I was able to understand God, and if I was able to explain God and the things that he does and how he created all this, well, then he'd be a very small God, very limited God. So it's good that we don't understand. It's good that this, that us as created beings, we don't get it fully yet. So it's important just <laughs> whenever you're talking to people and you have this debate, just remember, you can have the debate and talk about it. That's great. But at the end of the day, all that matters is that God created us, that he is God. I like having those debates. They're fun. Um, again, it's all about the who, that God brought order to the chaos and that he created something. And then now that there's life and there's creation. So, number one, that means God is the author of creation. He's the who to the what and the why. And because he's the author of creation, because he created everything and filled, made everything and filled everything, he's also the king of creation. I can remember when I was a kid, I found a machete once. And I took it to my front yard tree. And I remember just like hacking away at it. Just for fun. And my friend got all upset at me. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, don't you know this? the tree's a living thing? And you shouldn't do that to the tree. And I'm listening to him. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, you know what? You, you, it's like, you believe in God. You shouldn't even do this because God created the tree. And God is the tree. And I've heard that a lot, that, that they're in creation that God is also. And the truth is, the Bible, can't, Bible doesn't lend us to that thinking. Because by definition, if he is the creator, we can't make him the creation. And if he's the creation, well, then that just demeans him as the creator. Right? God is the king. He is transcendent. He is above creation. He is not creation. He's the king of creation. So that's number, I already said that, right? Number two. Having notes in the bulletin, that's a new thing for me, so I hope I'm keeping that, that right. So God is the king of creation. For the Lord, Psalms 95 says this, for the, Lord is, for the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he meant, made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. 
for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Again, he is beyond creation, and our only response as created beings is to worship the creator, is to worship the creator. Nowhere are we to worship creation itself, just the creator, the king. So, God's the author of creation. God is the king of creation. Let's get to the next thing. And so let's start. Verse, uh, Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. And skipping ahead to third, verse 31. Then God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, and that is the sixth day. I love how the Bible is very clear let us make humans in our image. There it is. There's the Trinity. Again, it's one of those things that I can't fully understand. But the Bible is very clear that God is three in one. And from the very beginning, from creation of the world, there was God who took initiative to make creation. Then there was a spirit hovering over the waters and then in John 1, 3, it talks about how all creation was made through Jesus. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were there from the beginning. Jesus just didn't come into existence at Christmas. No, he, he's been there from the beginning. The Son has been there since creation. And I also love how at the end of the day, at the end of the sixth day, he looks at his physical creation and says that it is very good. There is so much, and, and yes, as pastors and as leaders, there, the end game is, is important, that our souls are right with God, that we have accepted the free gift of grace from Jesus so that we can be in heaven. That is important, but the physical is also important as well because he looked at the physical and said that it was very good. It mattered to God. Matter matters. I stole that joke. It's not an original. But it matters to God. God was pleased with it. That is why we spend so much time in the beginning of service on Sunday mornings to pray for the physical, to pray that you will have breakthrough in your life, pray that you will have healing in your life, because we know to God it matters on this life. Yes, the goal is heaven. Yes, the goal is eternity, but the physical matters. While we're here, it matters to God. It's all about, yeah, the kingdom is here. So continuing on, Genesis 2, 7. Thus, oh no, yeah, 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. There is nothing else created 
that has this intimacy, that God actually breathed life into a being. There is no other animal, no other being, nothing that has the breath of God. We were intimately and created and carefully created with intention. 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God takes his created being, puts him in his place, in God's place, to work it, to, 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 to own it. And then we get to this question of why did God have to put that tree? Like, why? Yeah, good thing going. Why put the tree there? And I remember as a youth pastor, I would get this question all the time. Why evil? Why did God do this? Why didn't God just start over? Truth is, we can't have love without choice. There is so much that people, you know, in, in, in different marriage counseling sessions that I've had where the problem is you can tell right from the beginning that they believe that they need to fill in love all the time and they don't realize that love is a choice. And it's the same thing with God. God wants genuine love from us, so he has to put the choice there. If he wants us to love him, then we have, the, we have to have the opportunity to choose not to. It hurts, but God had to put that there. It's, and, and if he didn't, it would look like this. So when I come home from work for years, I'd pull up, and I would see three little heads poking out the window. Dad's home, dad's home, dad's home. And I'd walk through the door, and they would run, they would tackle me. And I'd be like, hey, calm down. I'm tired. And they would be so happy to see me. And then over the years, that kind of turned to, I would still see the heads, but then they would hide around the corner, and they would scare me and jump on me. And I'd be like, hey, calm down. Uh, maybe over the last couple months, kind of looks a little bit different. Now it's just my little one running and say, Dad's home. And then she will scream to the announcer of the other two, Hey, Dad's home. I'm like, It's okay, Grace. This is why you're my favorite. You're okay. <laughs> and I will walk in to our room, our back room, and there are my kids playing video games. They're like, hey, hey, Dad, how's it going? Just playing video games. Or I'm watching something. Good to see you, Dad. Now, what I could do. What I could do is say, you will lose all video games. You will lose all TV time unless I don't get the welcome that I deserve. <laughs> I might not even feed you dinner. No, I'm just joking. I'll eat vegetables. Anyways, <laughs> but if I did that, then this is what it would look like. I'd still have the little one praising everything about me. But the other two would be like, hey, Dad, good to see you. I love you. I'm going to go play video games now. It'd be forced. And it wouldn't be a genuine love. Now, look, I know my kids love me, and I know, but, you know, I can't compare with Fortnite, but whatever. Um, but I get it. For there to be genuine love, there has to be choice. And God had to put that tree there. One rule, and it's for your benefit. Don't eat from it. 
listen to me, love me. But you have the choice not to listen. How painful. I mean, you don't like to think of God experiencing pain. I, I don't know. But that had to be a painful moment. Knowing that, like, in order to get love from you, I got to give you the opportunity not to do it. And not only that, but I want you to be able to love others. And you have to have the choice about loving others as well. Man, but he did it. He's God. He gave us that choice. And as we'll know next week, it didn't turn out too great. So, verse 20. So, oh no. Uh, Yeah, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. This is the first negative we get in creation. Everything else has been great. Everything has been good. So God sees the point where man's alone. So no, this is no good. This is not good. We have to do something about this. Man's incomplete. So the man gave names to the livestock and the birds of the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with the flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Look, it's, 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 it's weird. It's a weird how God made women. But it's also kind of a hard thing to read. And, and I get it. Like, it's like, well, what? I'm just, I'm created just to be a helper? Just to help the man? And yeah, you could read it that way, and you could think that. But the truth is, if we take that same word that is used in the Hebrew that is helper, it describes two other things. It describes the Holy Spirit, and it describes the Yahweh God. And those two things are by no means inferior to anything. So it's not helper as in you were created to assist. It's helper as in you were created to fulfill. You were, it was the, 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 the and that's number three. The humans are the pinnacle of creation. It was finished at that moment. And it's not a thing of like, oh, you know, you know, the Bible saying, you know, men need to lord things over women and boss women. No, no, it's the partnership. It's the fulfillment. It's the idea of women being superior at being women and men being superior at being men and fulfilling. And, I, and again, both are necessary because both carry the image of God. Both do. Human beings are the pinnacle of creation. Think about it. Think about everything you've seen, every, every beautiful thing you have seen in life. The Grand Canyon, the Northern Lights. If you ever have a chance to go to Africa with Pastor Larry, take him up on that because you're going to see some beautiful things. Um, the sunsets you've seen in the world, uh, the, the fish of the ocean, things you see on National Geographic, all those beautiful things that take our breath away. 
When God saw you, it was very good. You are the things that impress God. You were the things that God said, wow, this is very good. Humans are the pinnacle of creation. But rest is the climax of creation. It's the, it's the end. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. What's different at the end of the seventh day that all the other days have had that wasn't mentioned here? There's no morning and there's no evening. It stops. God is in constant rest, constant Sabbath. The creative work is done perfectly. There's no more. Yes, he takes care of it. Yes, he maintains it. Yes, he holds back just chaos and unorder from happening, believe it or not. He's still holding it back. You might think differently if you watch the news. But he is. He's in constant rest with his creation. It's the dad that takes the vacation and is finally like, ah, we're here. No more to be done. It's perfect. And that's why number four is that rest is the goal of creation. God, with his people, in the place that he has created, is the perfect kingdom. The perfect kingdom is what it was always meant to be. And these perfect, the perfect kingdom is marked by perfect relationships. Relationship between God and humans. It's the person you are meant to be. He provides everything for you. All your needs are met. Everything. He's given us responsibility and ownership of creation, almost like a partnership. I mean, how many of you guys remember the first time your parents gave the keys to their car and said, yeah, go for a drive? What an awesome experience that was. What an awesome responsibility. Wow, I can do this now. Or the first time you were left home alone. Yeah, we're going to go out and watch your siblings. Wow, what an awesome responsibility. God gave that to us, creation. And he only gave us one rule, and again, it was, it was a blessing. It really wasn't a rule. It was for our benefit. Then there's humans and creation. It's the life we were meant to live. It's, again, given that authority over creation, but it was never abused. It was never us taking advantage of the earth. It was just us working with the earth, working with creation in harmony, together, taking care of it, and then reaping its rewards perfect relationship. And then it's the relationship between man and woman. It's the marriage we were meant to have. Again, no one above the other. No authority abuse. It was just they were just working together. They enjoy the marital bliss. They were both naked 
They had no shame. They had no fear. They had no doubt. No insecurities. There was no, I'm wondering what my spouse is thinking. Hmm. And for men, like, there, men can have that. Like, I'm not thinking of, any, of anything. Like, it's possible. I can not think of something. I've got to be thinking of something. Well, I'm not thinking of anything. It happens. But there's no wondering. It's complete intimacy. It's the marriage and the relationship that we were supposed to have. It's the perfect kingdom. It's God's people in God's place with his rule and his blessing. With God's rule and blessing. Those are the final three. I put down in the paper the meaning of life according to Michael. I'm not just telling you what it is. It's, I, I put that there so that you can argue with me. You don't have to agree with me. But it's simple. That God is our God and we are his people. That's the meaning of life. From the beginning, that is what it is. And over the next 12 weeks, we're going to look at his kingdom because, yes, next week we'll get into it and why the kingdom doesn't stay perfect. But the kingdom doesn't stop. It will look different as time goes on, but it doesn't stop. And we got the rest of this Bible with all these different stories and, and poems and all this stuff that talk about a God that is striving to return to the perfect kingdom, and there is nothing that he will not do to get that back to us. To bring perfection back, but we are still in his kingdom. And that's why it's important that we recognize that, that this is still his kingdom. It's not perfect, but we'll get there one day. You know, I can, when I was running around that church in the epic sword fight to end all sword fights, and when the, the, the sister, the nun, asked me, don't you know that God is watching? And yeah, he is. He was watching, and he was enjoying every minute of it, because that's what it's about. It's God's people in his place in his rule and blessing. Man, this week we got to see that part of the kingdom. We got to see that perfection of the kingdom with our kids running around. And, and, and for those who volunteered for that VBS, as a parent, I'm eternally grateful that my kids had that opportunity to be here, to enjoy fellowship, to not have to worry about being yelled at. They experienced that God's kingdom, that perfect kingdom of what it was always meant to be, even just for a week. So because of that, I want to show you a video. I want to show you what God's kingdom looked like here at Granite Creek this week. So church, this week, this week, look for kingdom. Remember that you are the very thing that God was impressed by, that there is nothing else on this earth that took God's breath away and said, wow, that is very good. Remember that you are his creation and that he is your creator and that he is with you daily 
when you go to work, when you go to school, or you're just enjoying summer break or whatever, he is with you. He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to experience these little moments of the perfect kingdom here on earth. Yes, it's not going to be fulfilled until we get there. I think it's hopefully sooner than later. But God wants you to experience that. So this week, remember who you are and remember whose you are. You are the very thing that God was impressed by. Enjoy the kingdom this week. So may God bless you, may he keep you, and may his face shine upon you. Have a great week, church.